Are you? Are now? About to witness the awesome, a crushing might of the Eugene S. Robinson Show Stamper V10. Meditation on the power and a case made. Yes, I'll mention his name. Instead of calling him the bald one in the show, let's call him in the title Dana White. But Dana White quitting. I got nothing to hide, officer. Come on over. But first. We'll listen to Stigmata, New York band, records called Calling of a Just. Song is called Intro, All of Nothing, still available from Revelation Records in Huntington Beach, California. And right now, Bob Riley, this fighter extraordinaire, will sing the words that make it all make sense. Albany, baby, holler out, Albany Hardcore. And indeed, the subcoda for this show. Let me take my glasses off and get the headset ready. And yes, my shirt does say, better fighter than you. Sorry. Oh man, what happened? You see, you see, you see what happened? You see what happened? We missed the words that say it all. Hold on, I, I'm not gonna deprive you of that. There, there's no way. <laughs> there's no way. Here we go, let's see if I can do this. We just start, they're screw ups. Because it, it's the intro, it's like two minutes long, right? But the words make it all worth it. Hold on. Did he start already? I don't know. I should. Yeah, here we go. Here we go. I want you, because those of you who know the show know it. Those of you who don't have no idea where we're going with this. So here we go. Wait. He says, I'm on my way back from nowhere. I'm on my way back I took my time, but I could not see so clear. But I'm taking a real good look at you. I'm taking a real good look at your face. Always pay back in full. No, it's nothing. Anyway, all right. I spent too much time in the intro. Let's get right to it. Let me put the headset on, and uh, and I'm gonna make a case. And as usual, it's gonna there's gonna be a uh, a little red riding hurt. Little red riding hurt. Little Red Riding Hood, circuitous to what it is I'm talking about. If you're not prepared for that, then fuck off. People don't have a, 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 a what is it, a, a attention span worth, worth a good goddamn. 
And I'll tell you, I'll tell you exactly how I got here, exactly how I got here. So I'm sitting around and an ex of mine, her, her old boyfriend, who like I ripped her from back in 19, well, we don't need to go into the dates. Back when I was like 19, 21, 22, somewhere in there, guy ended up being a hot shot at Nike, hot shot executive at Nike. Well, as, as, as Facebook would have it, you know, nostalgia is, is largely dead, but somehow she matched not to be on, on Facebook. And so she and this guy, 30 some odd years later, you know, one marriage is about, ends up getting back together with the guy. So I started thinking about Nike, Nike. And then lo and behold, it turns out that there are two exits from Nike, right? They don't talk about why these cats are leaving, but you get the, you get the sense it's a hashtag me too situation. Yeah, there's been behavioral issues, been behavioral issues. And I, I, like I made the claim earlier on one of the earlier shows, I have V2 or V3, that this shit is a monster. This is a fucking Leviathan. This is a Loch Ness monster of, 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 of lust and, and and attempts that it'll go away. And if you if you do not have if you have a penis and have not given serious consideration for what's about to happen or, or what's happening, you, you actually should. And and you know there's some Bill Burr said, uh, did a pretty interesting thing. His actor Ledger Domain. He ends up being kind of a lefty dude co- comic, and he he veers this line where. He's not a male apologist, not a you know male rights activist, not what they call these uh, knights in shining armor, all these like little internet Facebook buzzwords. I don't know what the fuck they mean, um, but he, he 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 veers as close as possible toward explaining uh, who he is uh, without apology. And it's tough because men tend to be typically not very verbal. So people say, oh, you know, we had a whole decade, the 90s, where the punchline for every sitcom was, he just doesn't get it. Well, you know, um, like when we remove a moral imperative from a people, like anytime somebody from Germany tries to do some shit and your reference point are Nazis, and who was it, Lars von Trier and some other uh, uh, intellectuals of a, of a Teutonic stripe were saying, look, you can't, you can't, you can't remove, you, you can't, um, not demoralize is not the word that I'm using, but fundamentally remove uh, morality from the German day-to-day doings because of some shit that happened in 1945. You cannot do it. You're going to create a worse monster this time, right? So, um, so you have this whole decade of man, they just don't get it. And fundamentally, since mass media has been mass media, men have been the punchlines uh, for jokes. I mean, uh, the, the height of humor was Uncle Milty dressing in a, putting the fake buck teeth in, and and dressing like a woman, and do you know with the with the the, the feet the turned out and the shoes falling over. And you might say, well, you know, no, the height of humor for him was that somehow the feminine was inherently ridiculous. The feminine was inherently ridiculous. It was it was not a meditation on the feminine. It was not not at all. You're mistaking it. It was a meditation on on uh, on. On the masculine, and the punchline—it didn't just—it—it it, it had its apex, its apotheosis in the '90s. But from uh, Ralph Cramden, the you know the 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 lovable loser Ralph Cramden, you know Uncle Milty to go back and TV, you know um, men. Well, you say, well, men largely from vaudeville were involved in comedy. You know, comedy is about punching up or, you know, somehow positing a victim of which you could be. I know, get no respect. You could be that kind of victim. 
But uh, essentially what's happened is that men have been allowed to um, fester. <laughs> you know, World War II kind of w was a, a, a healthy, <laughs> well, you know what I mean. It was a distraction. And why, I mean, healthy doesn't always mean good. You know, uh, you could have a healthy return to cancer or a healthy cancer. It doesn't mean it's a good thing necessarily. So a um, men have allowed to kind of dither and, you know, the 50s were pr probably pretty good for men outside of repression, but things were changing. The 60s, you know, would have been okay yeah, without the exception of Vietnam, which actually, if you were a man in your 30s or 40s, was probably pretty good because all your competition in the 20s was getting out of there. You could get as high as you want and, uh, you know, have sex with tons of, but it wasn't, you, you never regained, there was always a shadow of, you know, the PTSD dads that came back and were, you know, not not uh, emotionally uh, effusive, kind of withholding, and then the search for the father, and then they're replaced by a search for me, the 70s with cocaine, and, you know, which uh, uh, transmogrified into crack. And uh, and fundamentally, you, you had, if you want to talk about Jews wandering after the destruction of the temple, wandering the desert, look, men have been wandering the desert. But Unbeknownst to, well, not un, unbeknownst to the, the the public story, is that um, men in power have been manifesting, have been manifesting um, certain types of get backisms, um, by which I mean you don't get very far from. And honest to God, if you think about this and you're honest with yourself, you don't get very far from where you were in high school. You're always playing a game of I'll show them with your reference point being something that happened right around the time you actualized yourself through, you know, the onset of puberty. Right. I mean, uh, for example, I mean, I, 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 my reference point, my view, my view of myself and my actual self, there was always a dissonance. But thank God there was disco and cocaine. You know, I, I cut my teeth on guys like James Bond and Tom Jones, and I thought, man, that's that's me. But, you know, if you're going to high school, you're 14 years old, you're going to school with 14-year-old girls. They're not nearly ready for your James Bondisms. You know, specifically, you know, you, you won't be betting a whole hell of a lot of 14-year-old girls. So there was always what I thought I should have, but what I actually had, thank God for disco and cocaine, however. It, made, it, it allowed me to to step out. But you got these guys who um, were losers in high school, and then they went to college. And if you went to a good college, you need to understand what happens in good colleges. You're also hanging out with people in good colleges who have spent a lion's share of their time getting into a good college, right? There's not a lot of random sluttery going on prior to getting into schools like Harvard, Yale, Dartmouth, Stanford, and so on. So you could emerge, and I'm going to tell you a story here, a brief story, and I'm not going to put the guy's name in. It's been irking me for a couple of days. I've got the magazine right here. It's a Stanford magazine, and it's got the class notes in it, right? And, well, you don't need to actually see the magazine. You just take my word for it. How about that? It's got class notes in it. Oh, I, I can show you so you know I'm not bullshitting. It's this issue. And it's got class notes in it. And in the back, um, there's a story about a guy who I know. Uh, and I always liked this guy, a good sense of humor and, and so on. And the story goes somewhere, so be patient. Um, good sense of humor. So the guy starts talking about his life, right, since Stanford. 
And he talks about this girl that he met freshman year and they were great, the greatest friends ever. And they spent three years being super great friends, presumably freshman year, sophomore year, junior year. Finally, at the beginning of senior year, he 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 he, he makes manifesto. It's like, look, we got to we got to push this to the next level. I've waited as long as I'm going to fucking wait. And I mean, this is I don't know how many of you have. This is something you just don't do after the age of 21. Right. Um, too many fish in the sea. So a. Uh, he says, look, he puts it to it, says, you know, you have to, I want you to get acquainted with my penis. That's it. That's it. You got to do this. So she goes, well, you know, I don't like ultimatums. So, so long. And so they go, they, you know, our friendship is gone. And uh, the prospect of you being involved with my penis also gone. Well, she starts going through senior year. And as she starts to get close to the senior year, you know, your whole life has been measured out in these, you know, these these quadrants of a four-year segment, or quadrants, let's just say four-year segments, four years of high school, four years of college, and nobody really knows what to do post-college. Like, what? I'm out of college. What the fuck? do I don't have any structure. What do I do? Oh, there's no plan? So, mid, like, maybe halfway through her senior year, she relents and deci- decides that she can't live without her friend, and if the price of that continuing that friendship is that she opened her vagina to his penis, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm just being very specific here about what I read, then she's got to go for it. So she goes for it. They start dating, which means having sexual contact, um, and they fundamentally get married. Dude is now like a VP at Goldman Sachs. I don't know if you know what that means, but to be at Goldman, one, it means he's a multimillionaire. But two, what he had to do to get there was incredible. It was Brobdenagian. It was, you, you just, they have, they have planned attrition at Goldman Sachs. They, they tell you right out, 75% of you will be fucked within the year. You will work harder than you've ever worked before. And at the end of that year, you will still be wanting. You will not be cut out for this. You will be gone. So dude is now, you know, uh, now a vice president at Goldman Sachs, a hot shit, multimillionaire. Do you think he's a little bit irked? I'd be a little bit irked that I had to go nuclear to have you have sex with me. It's There's a difference between a sandwich bag full of shit and my penis. Penis, sandwich bag full of shit. He had to literally blackmail her in to having sexual contact with him. All right. I'm too I'm too ego full to say to 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 embrace this. You can, are you fucking kidding me? I know the difference between penis and sandwich bag of shit. You apparently don't. You want to come back because you want a friendship. You're willing to trade. It's like I'm not. Hey, I was trying to sell you something good to begin with. I mean, three and a half years of patience is a lot of freaking patience. If you if there's a better option for you, I'll give you three months. You go and find it. I just say this to say that what's happening is my four years at Stanford have melded with this guy's story, and I start to be dragged, kicking and screaming, back to the worst four years of my life in terms of dating. And this is me. Right? So imagine, here we go, looping, imagine that you're a VP at Nike, or you have a CEO of a major company, or all of these guys who have been on the wrong side of hashtag me too. It's, and it's epidemic 
why? Why? Why, 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 why? Why do you think it's epidemic? Across industries, film, entertainment, uh, 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 sports, uh, politics. Is it is it the nature of power? Is that what happens? You get powerful and no, because the reality of it is, if you use the zero to ten scale, there's everybody for everybody. If you're a five, there are plenty of fives for you, but you don't like the fives. See, you can send a message back through the mist of time to the college you that waited three and a half years. To the high school guy who, uh, this guy, my roommate was uh, uh, went to uh, uh, lived in Southern California. He goes and with extreme bitterness. You know what it's like to try to get a date in Southern California? I go no. When you want a date in New York, what'd you do? You ask her on a date. And when you went somewhere, where'd you go? You meet and you walk in the subway. You take. He goes can't do that in L.A. You can't take a date on the bus in L.A. You have to have a car. Parents not gonna buy you a car. You gotta work for the car. Oh, it's beyond having a car. Because if you have a shit car, you're losing out to guys whose parents bought them Mercedes Benzes. To dr- he was extremely bitter about this. Did it carry throughout his life? I don't know. I haven't talked to him in a while. So these guys finally get to the mountaintop. Moses, mountaintop. And if they go to a bar and don't mention any of this stuff, they are what they are. Sixes and sixes, sevens and sevens, eights, eights, fours and fours. That's it. It drags them kicking and screaming back to memories that they would better wish were forgotten. Fuck, I'm a six. The fuck I am. I'm a, you know what? Get, get, call a 12 o'clock meeting for her in my hotel room. I'll show you. Now, there are plenty of sixes and fives and fours, but yeah, listen, I had a guy, I went on Friday night, was drinking. Guy told me a nightmare story. Guy's 23 years old t- from Calabria. His parents are from Calabria. They came to America to go to a, a university in uh, upstate New York. That's all. I'm not going to give away too much. Fa- both uh, sur- mother's a surgeon, the father's a, uh, I don't know what, an internist. They've, they've not only that, they have thriving outside business. They have a shitload of patents. Both parents, they're ge- like bona fide geniuses. They've amassed a major fortune inventing shit that, you know, that stents and all kinds of things that you would read about. Go, oh, that's kind of cool. He's got two older sisters. Both of the older sisters are getting out of med school. He d- he's going to go in to get a, 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 a M- MD, MBA, world beater, 23 years old. The guy's already taken MCAT, about to go to med school. He's going to take a year off. Go uh, 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 Apparently, if you do the MD, M- MBA program, since they know you're not going to plan to be a doctor, it's a little bit shorter. I think it's only six years versus eight. So he's going to, he's got some time he's got to take off. He told me this story. He meets this woman in a bar, takes her home to his house, has sex with her. Post-sex, he gets up and walks into the bathroom to urinate. Comes out of the bathroom and visualizes, this has been sending chills up and down my spine. He opens the door from the bathroom and, and the shaft of light from the bathroom illuminates her crouched over his garbage can and in her hand, the definition of red-handed, she's got his used condom. He goes, what are you doing? 
Now, the only thing I could think when he's telling me this story is like, well, if she could lie and say, or maybe tell the truth and say, I didn't know if you came or not. You know, I have this thing, my ex, you know, uh, guy's faking it. I just want to know that, that, that you, you know, I want you, wanted you to be happy. Nah. She was, he goes, were you going to take that and put that inside you? She was like, well, I, uh, he goes, get your clothes, get the fuck out. I said, you know, the problem is that when, what you said to get her, he goes, you know, she was some trailer park chick. Okay. Class thing. Good enough to fuck, not good enough to impregnate. Got it. She got it too. Because all the shit that you used as bait in the bar earlier that night is shit that made you target. You thought you were hunting, you were being hunted. And I told him the story about the guy who got the multi-million dollar house on Los Altos Hills here. He took me there Thursday night, showed me his bachelor pad extraordinaire, inherited the whole business from his father, you know, went to like Yale Dental School, came out. You know, he had a volleyball court in the background. Man, it was the ultimate bachelor pad. Thursday night after the gym, he took us over there and showed us off his house. Friday night, he went out, picked up some woman, brought her back to the house, fucked her. And she got pregnant. <laughs> you thought you were hunting? You were being hunted. And he ended up having to foot the bill for that. That's the side story. So now this guy is panicked. He's panicked. You know? He says, now when I go to a bar and I meet a woman, I just say I'm a researcher. We'll see how long that lasts. Because this guy by my, he's about 5'10", 195 pounds, sort of balding, Italianate looking. Five. See how long he's happy with a five. Other fives. See how long he starts to punch above his weight and discover they're not going for it. There's no mystery. People who end up in positions of power, people who end up in positions of power had to do a lot of things to get there that make them. Pro First of all, I'm not in a position of power. Were I to be in a position of power, again, I tried to explain when I was talking about my grandson. He's going to be raised by tons of different women aunts, 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 great aunts, great aunts, great aunts, cousins. I mean, there's, there's very few men born into my family. I got four sisters. That means he's got four aunts. <laughs> Great aunts. Or no, aunts. I can't. The family relationships are to elude me. Multiple grandmothers. My father's disowned me, so he won't get so it's not a great grandfather in the picture. Not a lot of men in the picture. So I said everywhere, everywhere I went as a kid, people, women specifically were happy to see me. Were I to be in a position of power, I'm not chasing women around the desk, chasing women around the, the office. That's why that guy's story, the guy, the cat, the VP at, at Goldman Sachs, galls me so much. Three and a half years. And he has to blackmail her in, and then she concedes, and now she's at home. And if history has been any indicator based on what I know of the wives of which rich men, she's at home with a sausage that's not the sausage sitting at the desk at Goldman Sachs. I'm not impugning the, the quality of the guy's wife. I'm just saying. There's something about, ab about it that makes you strange. Which is how I got us straight to talking about UFC Fight Night 127 and the case for the bald one quitting.
Those of you who are confused as to why I called Dana White the bald one, because I, I said we got a guy who was a four here. Again, going back to high school, who uh, easily, easily the drug. It, Colin Quinn had this great piece on cocaine. He was talking about the Peruvians. Said, Look, they invented cocaine. You know, he said they cocaine and pyramids. They had lots of great shit. But then they also had ritual sacrifice. And he goes, you know, it's just like the monograph is just like the drug monograph. You have really great ideas on cocaine and really, really bad ideas on cocaine. And maybe there's a reason I keep saying cocaine. Making some kind of parallel between the annals and the halls of power and cocaine use and abuse. Don't know. Don't know. That was my Christopher Walken impression. <laughs> All my impressions sound the same. Right? So um, if you look at cats like Vladimir Putin and Donald Trump and uh, other, other uh, uh, Xi Jinping and other, other men in power, uh, um, what is that Joy Division line? Made a fatal mistake which I could be making by talking about these guys, but they have a very similar psychological monograph, right? A very similar one. Um, I mean, have you ever wanted a job for life? How many billions of dollars does Vladimir Putin have that would necessitate him running for again? Is it like, well, if I let somebody else win, I can't keep? No, 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 no. That's my imitation of the line from Get Out. No, 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 no. No. They're addicted. And they're not addicted to the actual functioning of power, but the expression of power. All right. The, the, the ego spackle that it provides. So all of a sudden, all of a sudden, you know, you don't have to chase tens around the desk. They come to you. What's galling is, and I, I told this guy this story, uh, the 23-year-old world beater. I told him the story about the guy with the bachelor pad. Because my objective at this point was to terrify him as much as possible. And then I also told him about a friend of mine whose name was Mike. Let's just call him Mike P. First time I met Mike P, he pulled into the parking lot of Gold's Gym in a Ferrari with gold wing doors. It was fluorescent yellow. Uh -huh. Is it possible that it was gold wing and also convertible? Uh, I don't know, but I remember him. It, I have this memory of him jumping out of it. He's jumping out of it. He's got on a muscle tee and gator shorts, tanned up to fuck, clearly uh, on some concoction of steroids and cocaine, goes in the gym and I go, I got to meet this guy. Oh, did I mention as he walked across the, the, the parking lot from this fluorescent yellow Ferrari, he did the speed racer spin and <laughs> with a real, the loudest, noisiest car alarm I'd ever seen. And he goes into the gym and I go, I got to meet this guy. I got it. This is, this is a, a level of assholishness that is 
fucking non-parial. So we're working out at one point we're the tricep pushdowns and the guy starts talking to me and then pretty soon we become acquaintances. And the most amazing thing at first, you know, you have to do the the gay test, right? When you work at a Gold's gym, you got to make sure that the guy's not talking to you because he's picking up on you. You know that he's just so you know. Typically, a guy will look at me and go, "Chicks, huh?" And I'm supposed to say something slightly affirmative to lead him to believe I'm not talking to him because I want to get in his butt. I hate playing that game. What difference does it make whether I'm gay or not? I don't get. Guy will say, "Chicks," and I go, "What? Yeah, whatever, man." <laughs> I don't need to play this game. Secure enough in my masculinity, I don't need to do this. But he he doesn't know. He goes straight. To, he doesn't he doesn't need to do the game. He just starts talking about women, and he starts saying, "Hey, you know what, man? I really I tell you, man, I, I'm looking for a woman who just loves me for me. <laughs> this is a guy who got no action in high school, no action in college. Hits with his healthcare company, makes a million gajillion dollars." Enough to buy Ferrari, gold wing door Ferraris, and he want and he's good with the muscle shirt and the gator shorts and the tanned up shit and the slicked back hair and the whole bit, and he's looking for some woman who loves him for him. And I eventually meet this woman. I meet her, and it's pretty fucking clear to me that this leggy. Uh, tall, leggy, uh, 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 blonde is exactly something that he would have thought was hot at 15. Make no mistake, I drive a 65 Chevy. Why? Because when I was five years old and those cars were screaming down the street in New Rochelle, New York, where I was living for a few months, I thought that was the coolest fucking thing ever. Does it make sense that 50 years later, I spent more than 15 grand on putting one back on the road? Does it make sense? It doesn't have to. It is what it is. He marries the girl that he would have thought was hot shit at 15 to erase this painful past of being this Asian cat that chicks ignored. The fuck? I live in the hood. This is what happens. So I see her, and I do like Bob Riley said at the top of the hour, I took a real good look at her. I took a real good look at her face, and I thought this will end badly, and sure enough, it did. Lost everything. Everything. Didn't need a prenup. Was in love. Lost everything. This was a collision with power and perception. Now, most, I don't know if you know this, but most people who, most founders don't remain as CEOs. And we can go down the list. Steve, when when uh, the cat from Pepsi, uh, his name I can't remember now, uh, uh, gave after Gil Emilio and the cat from Pepsi took over Apple and gave Steve Jobs the boot, that was fairly fucking common. It's fairly common. Travis Kalanick at, at Uber, fairly common. Founder, CEO, now former CEO. Steve Jobs got the boot, went to Next. You know, Palace Entry got back in a few months before I got back to Apple. I got to Apple. 
people, Tesla this, Tesla that, rockets, Tesla rockets, power sources, then start the company. It was not the founder. Founder was a guy named Marty Martin Eberhard. Started the company right here in Menlo Park. So what's fair, and even in the case, even in the case of, of, of the UFC, you have to say, well, you know, the cats who came to own it didn't start it. This was John Peretti's deal. You know, tough man pre-existed it. Somebody said, well, why don't we get settle all the barroom bets? Because if you were into martial arts back in the 70s and the 60s, I mean, it came over mostly as a result of World War II. And, um, uh, 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 you know, uh, American soldiers hanging out in Japan, being exposed to the martial arts, bringing that shit back. Carl Gotch, uh, American catch wrestler. Uh, no, Amer uh, he was an American. He's a uh, uh, Belgian was picked up by the Nazis, put in the country, but he was big into, went to Billy Riley's Snake Pit and Wigan, all the all these various uh, tendrils that became mixed martial arts, grappling, whatever, uh, you know, him going to Japan, training those guys, the king of pro wrestling, you know, Helio going to Sickly Kid, wanted to learn to Japan, it all ties together. So, 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 there was this idea that Peretti had, well, let's, we'll settle all the barroom bets, all the magazines from Black Belt magazine, all these martial arts magazines. My thing was better. The hands of death, death touch, dim mock, all that shit. Let's just get, let's just get it out of the way. Let's see what we can do. And he started the UFC. But he didn't grease the palms that you have to grease to make it successful. He's just not going to come out there. You got this installed base, installed combat sport base, and it's called boxing. And they've got lots of money. I know a woman who was a VP at uh, like HBO or something, or no, or a big ad agency, big ad agency, a publicist, I believe it was. And she said they came under incredible undue pressure to not to 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 to, to essentially kill the UFC. We can't take ads from you. Because boxing and our folks at HBO, not interested. I went through that when I was editor-in-chief of Code Magazine. I couldn't have two, two sports apparel companies that would demand so much separation. I could barely afford to keep them in the magazine. Like Adidas and, 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 and Nike. It was like, I got to have 16 pages between you guys and all of your apparel. You're making side apparel, not just sneakers. You're doing sports. Oh, come on. Yeah, that's the way it works. That's the way it works. So they pick it up. Cardio kickboxing guy who, who who I know feels better the more times his name. He's like Tinkerbell. The more times his name is mentioned, the happier he is. We just call him the bald one on the show. He was the CEO of uh, the CEO of uh, the UFC. And and you know the sting continues. The cat didn't go to college either, so he, he's got the grudge on his shoulder that a lot, a lot of autodidacts have. You know. I mean, I know one of my old martial arts instructors used to ridicule me. It irked him that I'd gone to Stanford. What, man? What? It took me 13 years to pay off my loans. My parents didn't pay for Stanford. I paid. You know? What do you so high? Oh, you Stanford guy. Oh, what? Did you even apply? No. What is what is this This weird? Well, he's Irish. What is my old former instructor? Well, what is Irish insecurity? Well, let's not get strange about this. To me, it was just a school. I didn't like it. Does that make you feel any better? I was miserable those four years. Does it make you feel any better? So when he still had a full head of hair, the Baldwin had bought this company, and he's like, some of these guys, they had a little bit of money. He's trying to rub some nickels together. I don't have time for any of this other shit. 
and he gets Afertitas to buy the company. Sure, we'll be the power behind the phone. We'll, your financiers do what you can. And every single year after the purchase of the company, there was talk, intense talk. I was, uh, I was like, I'd been given some honorary sinecure title at Grappling Magazine. I mean, I've been going case and cage side. I've been reporting when uh, uh, GQ finally wrote about MMA. I was the first one to write about it. It had to be over 21, 22 years ago. So I, I've been watching this. I know what I'm talking about. So they build this company up. I mean, this is a mountaintop. Like, you know, something people are talking about how Vice's dropped, Vice's uh, readership has dropped by 17.9%. Everybody gets tired of the parties, man. If I open up Studio 54 tomorrow, it wouldn't be the same Studio 54. I wouldn't have guys around the block and velvet ropes and people offering to do all kinds of disgusting sexual things to get in because you're going to hang out with who? Liza Minnelli? No. Mick Jagger? No. The modern version, the Kardashians? No. Doesn't work that way. Everything gets tired. So, you know, he starts starts his company, you know, and uh, um, and, they, you know, oh, they're going to sell. Oh, they're going up. They lost some money. You know, I had a good, you know, yeah, Vice is 22 years now supposed to be having this four point valuation at four point two billion dollars. They're going to sell. They're going to have a public offer. They're going to sell. They got all these guys. If you have if you have stock options that, that you've been waiting. You've been waiting 22 fucking years. Have any of you done a job for 22 years? Did you see that survey that came out that said that some economists at like MIT had figured out that you need 20 years in your life of things not going wrong to be okay? 20 years. I have not had 20 years of my life where things were going okay. It took me 17 months after I graduated to get a job, and, and I got two of them in a row. And then quit in a fit of peak when I started my own store. And then was unemployed for like another year and a half. Got a job. And, and then the magazines folded, magazines folded, you know, positions eliminated. I've not, if you put the time together, it's like studying jujitsu. Man, I haven't had that much time, really, when you look at it. 20 years is what they say. You need 20 years of things not, go, not going wrong. You guys, you're married? You've been married for 20 years? 20 years of things not going wrong, that's what you need. 20. So, um, so guys trying to rub the nickels together and trying to get this business going, you know, like Vice, 22 years, $4.2 billion. Now the people, the viewership is down because it's not cool anymore. The zeitgeist has changed. You know, this is hashtag do something. This is a hashtag run for something. This is hashtag me too. The, thing, the fucking paradigm has changed. It's not hashtag go to a party and, and, and show my balls to some stranger. That's not the hashtag anymore. In any case, going back to the bald one, going to sell the company, going to sell the company. And he's looking at a future that is uh, uncertain. But then suddenly they kick in with this TV show. The guys from Spike come along and say, why don't you do this thing? And he lays down his terms. And they go, yeah, okay, well, this is what we're <laughs> Yeah, great. Thank you. This is what we're doing. And they do the Ultimate Fighter TV show. And it personalizes. It does what boxing. Boxing's got nameless. 
you know, and, and nameless uh, a, a personages. They don't who what you know. There's a cat. They finally picked up something. Aram and whoever is left over there picked up something from the UFC. We need personalities. Personalities sell everything. 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 Tampons, batteries, cars, everything. So despite the fact that the bald one said, I want to get a lot of tutelage from the boxing set, there's a lot we can learn. They get rid of the ramps and the fighters start coming on the floor, which, you know, for whatever reason, it's less like pro wrestling, but it more importantly has people feeling close to them. You can see people leaning over and trying to get a, a touch of the magic as they touch the fighters. And they've got personalities. They've got the Tito Ortiz's, the Ken Shad. I mean, they've got them. And more, how do we take the old personalities and integrate them with new creative personalities? We'll make them the coaches, and then we'll have these new – and it was a feeder. It was artist and development in action. Chris Lieben. I mean, I, you can go oh, past seasons and name the people, the Diaz's. I mean, or, well, at least uh, Nate. Um, you know, you can go through and name the people who become uh, – Rashad Evans, who became household household, uh, 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 household uh, names. Off of the show. Extant value. And people start buying in and they look at the Rondas and the Brocks and the Johnny Boney Jonies and they're like, this is fucking great. And the bald one is like Sisyphus is uh, 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 pushing this thing up the fucking hill. And rather than fall down, something magical happens. All these cats, all these celebrities that have been, been feted with cage side seats and get to feel like, oh, this is not boxing. Fuck that. And more importantly, like I said back when I did the Sean Penn cover of GQ and I 